right, thank you, Brother Terry. Thank you, choir, and thank all of you for joining in our time of worship this morning. I pray that God was honored, and I appreciate you taking part in worship. If you brought your Bibles, please turn. We're going to look at John chapter 14. John chapter 14, I'll read a couple of verses there, and then we'll look over to uh, Revelation chapter 2. We're going to be reading different places in the Old Testament, New Testament, but these are two major texts. Let me encourage you to bring your Bible. I know from time to time we'll have words on the screen, but let me encourage you to bring your Bible. It just may be some Sunday real soon, real, real soon, that it may not be on the screen need your Bible. And so let me encourage you to bring your Bible. Just don't depend on the screen because we need to, we need to bring our Bible. We're going to be talking about our Bibles uh, in a few weeks. This morning I'm going to share a sermon going forward in faith, our theme. And uh, today, love demands obedience. Going forward in faith, love demands obedience. Obedience. Now listen to those words. Love demands obedience. How many times have I heard people stand and share their testimony? And they began by saying something like this. I'd like to say that I love the Lord. Now that's good to say. In fact, that's great to say. But the Bible says that the person that loves the Lord does what? obeys the Lord. The person that loves the Lord obeys the word of the Lord. So this is something for us to look at this morning. Do I love the Lord? Am I obeying the Lord? John 14, we'll look at verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Look, if you will, at John 14, verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, now this guy came to Jesus and had a very reasonable question and just simply said, Lord, what's the greatest commandment in the Bible? And, God, and Jesus said, in verse 23, he said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and he will come unto me and make, and will make our abode with him. Verse 24. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. Now if you'll turn over to Revelation chapter 2, familiar passage as Paul deals with the seven churches. In Asia, Revelation chapter 2, we want to look at uh, chapter 2, verse 1. And Jesus is simply saying, Unto the angel of the church at Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, Thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. Thou hast borne, hast patience, and for my name's sake labored, and hast not fainted. You've done a really good job. You've making sure that there's no false prophets that's come into the church, and 
you're laboring real hard, but nevertheless, verse 3, he says, and has borne and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, in verse 4, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou lackest, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit hath said unto churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. The text, nevertheless, verse 4, I have somewhat against thee, because thou thou hast left thy first love. Love demands obedience. I'm excited about our revival efforts scheduled March the 19th through the 22nd. Brother Joel Carwile, a good friend of mine, been at our church years ago, <clears throat> is coming to share a series of revival messages. Joel's a pastor of First Baptist Church, Athens, and I'm looking forward to him coming and being with us the 19th through the 22nd. Scott Underwood, uh, Scott is the minister of music at Calvary Baptist Church in Russellville, and he's going to be coming to, to lead us in and our music and the services will begin nightly at 7 p.m. I refer to these services as revival effort. I've never been one to set a revival date for the sake of tradition or to fill a date on a calendar or a certain month of the year. However, as a pastor and as an under-shepherd, when God convicts me that our love for him our obedience for him is not what it once was or not what it should be, then it's time for me to cry out as a pastor to God, God, revive us again. I feel with all of my heart that we need revival. Revive us again. Fill each heart with thy love. May each soul be rekindled with fire from above. Revive us again. First of all, we need to understand for praying for revival what revival is. Revival, a root word for revival, is made up of two parts. Re meaning again, and vive to be brought back to life, to be brought to health, to be brought to vitality. So the point is, revival is a time when your spiritual life As a Christian, your spiritual life and vitality are restored as a person and as a congregation. I say that because if our people are revived, then that affects the entire congregation. I'm praying you pray for me that I'll experience revival in my life. A new vitality, a new spiritual vitality in my life. Revive me again. Revival is a return to spiritual health after a period of spiritual decline into sin and broken fellowship with God. I've been there. Perhaps you've been there. And so that's what revival is. 
Now, there's a call for revival in, the, in God's Word because, secondly, if you're taking notes, what revival is, but secondly, Christians will depart from God from time to time. We're aware of that. In the Old Testament, in the book of Judges, in the book of Judges, Judges chapter 2, kindly give you an idea of how God's people had departed in the Old Testament in the book of Judges. In Judges chapter 2, verse 7, God's word says, And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua who seen all the works of the Lord that he did for Israel. In verse 11, Judges chapter 2, and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So one time they're serving the Lord, and next time they're doing evil in the sight of the Lord. God's people depart. They departed in the Old Testament. They departed in the New Testament. Revelation 2, Revelation chapter 2, verse 4, simply says this. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left your first love. They departed in the Old Testament, they departed in the New Testament, and God's people still depart today. We depart. Amos chapter 7, God does something interesting in, in Amos chapter 7. He uses a plumb line against his people. Amos chapter 7, jot down verse 7 and 8. Amos 7, verse 7, chapter 7, verse 7. Thus he showed me. And behold, the Lord stood upon a wall, and he made a plumb line with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, a plumb line. Then said the Lord, Behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people. You may not be aware of this, but God has stretched the plumb line right down the middle of your life. That plumb line is the word of God. And every day, every minute, every day, he's seeing how you're measuring up to his plumb line and how I'm measuring up to his plumb line. And so Amos said, God said, Amos, there's a plumb line. I'll set a plumb line in the midst of my people. I will not pass by them anymore. In other words, this is the plumb line. This, my word is the plumb line. The Holy Scriptures are the plumb line. So God built his people like a straight wall, and they were true to plumb. But you know what they did? They departed. And so they departed. Those in the New Testament departed. We too depart from God's purpose. We depart from his ways. We depart from his word. We depart. Now some of you have departed in the past, and you've come back to God. Amen. However, there may be some here this morning who have departed from the plumb line of God and you failed to come back to God. It's a serious thing when you depart from God. Think of those words, depart from God. It's a serious thing when you depart from God. One problem is that you don't know how far you've departed. You may think you've only departed just a little piece from God, whereas according to God's plumb line, you have departed a great distance from God. You may not realize how close you are to complete collapse or even complete destruction because of your departure from God. 
So today, God holds his plumb line. He holds his word so that you can see how far that you've departed from a holy God. So what is revival? Well, revival is a return to spiritual health and vitality after a spirit after a period of spiritual decline. We all have a tendency to depart. I've departed. Perhaps you've departed. We've come back to God. Some have not yet come back to God. But then third, our departing from God is a sign, now get this, of a broken love relationship. It's a sign, you're departing from God. It's a sign of a broken love relationship. You see, God created you and he created me, created the world, the, the humans of the world, to have a love relationship with him. That's his purpose for us. He loves us so much that he sent his only son, the only one of his kind, the Bible says the only begotten son, the only one of his kind into the world to die on the cross for our sins. Why was that? Because he loves us. God's wanting to have a love relationship with every human being. And he demonstrated his love toward us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And our, re, our reply to that should be love. So God created you and me for a love relationship. Jesus, Jesus said the most important commandment in Mark chapter 12, verse 29 and 30. This person said, Lord said, what's the, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is hear, O Israel. This is also known in the, in the Jewish belief, faith, as the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love him, or love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. This is the first commandment. This is the greatest commandment. And so God loves us, and his great commandment is, we're to love him with our heart, body, soul, mind, strength, every part of our being. That's his desire. So God's ideal plan for your life, for my life, for our life is for us to love him. And when we love him, he will reveal himself to us in a mighty way as individuals and also as a church. Now, maintaining... The maintaining of your love relationship is very critical in your Christian life. You have to check up every day to see if you love the Lord as much as you say you love the Lord. Years ago, there was a bell tower built in Italy. We refer to it as the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I think we have a picture of that quite interesting. This tower is 177 feet tall. It's built out of solid marble. But the ground below is not solid enough to support the weight of that tower. And so it began to pitch. It began to lean. It began to sink on one side. And today it 
is leaning 17 foot off center. Leaning. The problem is with the foundation. Now you could pull the tower up if you had a crane large enough and strong enough. You could pull that tower back into place, let it go, and it'll lean again. The problem is the foundation. If the foundation were firm and in line, then the walls would be in line as well. The problem's with the foundation. Now, regardless what you do, without a solid foundation, that tower is going to remain leaning because it's about the foundation. You say, Brother Samuel, what's your point? Here's the point. Your spiritual life, now listen, your spiritual life has its foundation in a love relationship with Jesus Christ. The way you live your life, the way you practice your faith, the way you obey his commands can be represented by that tower. If your spiritual life is leaning, if it's out of plumb and being a parent and being a mom or a dad, if it's out of plumb, if it's out of plumb being a, an obedient child of a parent, if it's out of plumb in regards to just basic Christian discipline, basic Christian discipline, Bible study, prayer life, witnessing, just those basic Christian disciplines, if your spiritual life is leaning out of plumb, that's a visible sign. Now hear me out. That's a visible sign of a root problem. If your spiritual life is leaning, that is a, that is a visible sign of a root problem. And the problem is, is a love relationship with a holy God. But it goes back to the root problem. So ever how you're leaning in Bible study and prayer life and witnessing and, 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 and loving people and disciplining your children or, or just obeying the word of God, if you love me, the one that loves me, he says, will keep my commandments. And if you're leaning and obeying his commandments, it all goes back to a root problem of a love relationship with Jesus. What's a revival? Well, revival is a return to spiritual health after a period of spiritual decline into, uh, into sin and broken fellowship with the Holy God. Secondly, Christians do have a tendency to part. We've done, I've done that, but praise God, God's convicted me, and I come back to him from time to time. And then our departing from God is a sign of a broken relationship. Fourth, if you're taking note, our broken love relationship is marked by disobedience. Now, if you want to know if your love relationship is what it should be, check out your obedience. A broken love relationship is marked by disobedience. I shared with you about John chapter 14, verse 23. 
Verse 23, John 14, says, If a man love me, he'll keep my words. My Father love him, we'll come into him and make our abode with him. Verse 24, He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. The word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. Here's the point. You cannot love God while at the same time disobeying God. <laughs> you cannot love God while at the same time disobeying God. It is spiritually impossible for you to love God and at the same time disobey God. The point is, if you're not obeying His Word, it's because you don't love Him. Now remember this. Genuine revival. Genuine. We don't want a fake revival, a pretend revival. But genuine revival does not come by reforming your behavior. A lot of people think that. Changing your ways isn't sufficient for revival. I'm just going to change the way I'm living. That's not sufficient for revival. Why? Because eventually you go back to the way you were living. See, if you do it, you're going to go back that way. Time and time and time again, I have people to, to say, well, I've changed my ways. Or, you know, I've, I've started a new life. And eventually they've gone back to the same old, same old. And the reason for that is they've done it, not God. See, the only lasting motivation for obedience to God is a firm love relationship with a holy God. The connection, you need to get the connection. The connection is correct behavior comes from a love relationship with God. To change behavior without a change in the relationship with God to change behavior without a change in the relationship with God is temporary. It lasts for only a little while. And so when your love relationship is right, your obedience and your faithfulness will follow. Why don't people attend church like they once did? Why don't people attend Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night Bible study? Why don't they come to revival? Why don't they witness? It's all about a love relationship. But you ask them, do you love the Lord? I love the Lord. You can't love the Lord and disobey God at the same time. The reason you're disobedient in several areas is because you're not, you don't have that love relationship like you should. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command, John 14, 15. So revival has not taken place unless a change of your heart has taken place. And when you're when, when your love for the Lord compels you to obey the Lord, then revival has taken place in your life. When, when your love for the Lord compels you to obey Him, then revival has taken place in your life. So how can I experience this revival? Look at and close and look at Revelation chapter 2. How can I experience this revival? Well, he tells us in Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. Now, you can imagine this church at Ephesus, just like the Lord walking in today, and that's what he did today with his word. He's walked in, and he said this to us as we read it. 
and he said this to Ephesus. You've done this, this, this. It looks really good. It looks real, real good. But I have this against you. You have left your first love. Now, how can we, if that's our judgment today as a church, if that's our judgment today as an individual, how can we rectify that? Well, he tells us, look at verse 5. Remember, therefore, from where, from whence thou art fallen. Go back to where you once were. Remember, we need to remember, we need to relive the day that Christ called us to salvation. Go back to the time Christ called you to salvation, convicted you that you needed a Savior. Go back to the time that, that the day that Christ forgave you and and blessed you with spiritual gifts and birthed you into the kingdom of God. Go back to that day. Remember that day. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. Remember what you used to do for God. Go back to that day. And remember all those things you did at one time for God. And then he says, repent, number two. Remember, number one, secondly, repent. Make a conscious decision not to try to change your life, but to make a decision to love the Lord. Remember, repent, turn from this. You see, obedience is proof that you love the Lord. There again, John 14, 15. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, I obey him sometimes. I'll, I'll obey him sometimes. Let me just put your note in the side of your Bible in the margin. Partial disobedience, or partial obedience, I should say, is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. You don't partially obey him. He requires full obedience. I want you to bow your heads just for a moment as we close out. I'm going to lead us in a prayer and then we'll sing in a few minutes. Father, thank you for our time that we've had to come, an opportunity to come and open your word and think about this thing called revival. Think about love and think about how it demands obedience. You tell us very simply in your word that if we love you, we'll obey you. We've got a big problem. So speak to our hearts this morning, individually and as a church. Speak to my heart, I pray. And while you're praying this morning, I want you to just think just for a moment. I want you to pray and I want you to ask God to show you where you're not walking in complete obedience to him. Now, partial obedience is disobedience. And so what we're talking about, ask God to show you, God, where am I not walking in complete obedience? Is it in regards to forgiveness? Is it in regards to reconciliation? Is it in regards to honoring your parents? Is it in regards to spending more time with your family? Is it in regards to sharing the gospel with your family and with your friends? Is it in regards to, to developing a, a daily Bible study or prayer time? 
Is it in regards to surrendering to vocation Christian service? God calling you to, to be involved in vocational Christian service? You say no. Is it in regards to tithing, giving 10% of your income to a local church? Is it in regards to the love, the way you love your wife? The way you discipline your children? Is it in complete obedience, those areas of your life, and there are many more that I faced, are you in complete obedience, partial obedience or disobedience? God, I want to do what you want me to do in this area, this area, this area, this area. So here's the point. In order to experience revival, most of us don't need to hear more truths we need to obey what we've already heard. So, Father, today you've, you have brought us face to face with uh, whether we're obedient or not obedient. And so change our heart for our lives will be changed. In Jesus' name.